Okay, good morning, everyone, and uh, thanks for joining us. This is the 58th Peer Insight Research Meeting uh, from Wikibon. My name is Dave Vellante, and I'll be your host today. Uh, the topic for today's discussion is a review of EMC World 2009. Uh, last week in, in rainy Orlando, it was raining sideways, uh, Bill Mottram, David Floyer, Nick Allen, uh, Dennis Martin, and a few thousand other folks attended EMC World. Uh, and today we'd like to share our impressions and, and implications that we see for customers. Uh, as you know, at least most of you know, Wikibon Peer Insights is a, a regular conference calls where we get together and share knowledge and try to solve pressing problems about applying technology to business capabilities. And um, once again, I'd like to ask if you're not speaking on the call, please mute your line. If you don't have a mute button, hit four star. Uh, to mute and then force start to unmute, unmute if you want to participate. Everybody's welcome to do so, by the way, and, and encouraged to do so. Uh, this call is being recorded and will last one hour. For those of you tweeting, can we please use a pound Wikibon, pound EMC world hashtag? Okay, so what we'd like to do today is, uh, first of all, give you some of our overall impressions uh, and then take you through. Uh, essentially an agenda that we've created, sort of a virtual agenda out of the show. It's an enormous event um, for, a, uh, for a company that is largely focused on the information storage and infrastructure area. Um, let's see, there were about 7,000 people there at EMC World this year. and. Um, and that was actually down from last year, not surprising given the, uh, given the uh, less travel that's going on these days, but you never would have known it. Um, lots of customers, lots of partners, lots of EMCers, um, and as I say, we'd like to share with you our impressions. So let's see, Bill, David, Nick, and Dennis, I, are you guys all here? Dennis is here. Correct. I'm here. We are here. Okay, here great. Here. So. Um, Let's see. Let me start off. It was at uh, Orlando in the convention center. As I say, there are about 7,000 people. Uh, day one was the main tent keynotes, and we'll go through uh, s several of those today and give you our impressions. EMC World started off as a, as a, as a technical grassroots conference, uh, really for practitioners, and it has grown up into uh, what is now sort of one of the more impressive events in, in the business. Um, and overall, I'd say it was it was very well done, extremely well attended, even though it was off. The partner pavilion was outstanding. Uh, we'll go through some of those uh, 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 activities. Uh, but let's start with uh, uh, day one. So what we had in day one was a uh, uh, overall in, in, uh, remarks from Joe Tucci. And uh, he talked about what's hot from virtualization to fiber channel over Ethernet and a you know, variety of other activities, uh, and then set up the day. And he essentially shared the keynote with uh, Paul Moretz, who uh, runs VMware, and we'll talk about his comments. But let me just open it up to, uh, to the Wikibon folks. So general impressions of uh, what you heard from Tucci. Well, I'll jump in. This is Dennis. Um, he seemed to be very upbeat on everything. Certainly, you know, with with the you know taking into account the condition of the economy and everything, um, uh, they were just moving along. They seemed to be executing and just humming right along. Um, of course, he made a uh, comment that I was pretty interested in on SSDs being very strong, very hot, and uh, I'm sure there are other comments, but that was my quick impression. Okay, SSDs are hot. Uh, he basically said, that, you know, changes everything, reiterating some of the things they said in the past. Anything else anybody else wants to add? Yeah, we're going to have to make his middle name Cloud. <laughs> Joe Cloud Tucci? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, one of his comments that, uh, that, that caught my attention was that he used the phrase, technology is the soul of EMC. And then he backed that up by talking about their R&D budget, which he's going to maintain, you know, despite the, you know, the economic downturn, and the fact that they are focusing on you know, sustaining and deepening what they call their product technology, you know, technology edge. So there was, there was a lot of, um, I, I thought, strength in the statement to say that they are, they are holding the course you know, in terms of ongoing developments. 
Tucci uh, essentially reiterated many of the remarks that he made at uh, this winter's financial analyst meeting, but he talked about seven principles, staying close to the customer, gaining significant share, retaining, attracting talent, sharpening discipline, i.e. conserving cash and generating free cash flow, sustaining and deepening the technology edge, and using opportunistic M&A to improve competitive positioning, and then communicating, communicating, communicating. Uh, all, you know, pretty solid principles, some motherhood and apple pie. One question I have, do you guys think EMC is gaining share? Uh, if, we, if we look at the numbers that came up, I would compare it to some of the not smaller, albeit, but competitive products, they don't seem to have the same traction as a as a three-power compellent. You know, comparing the the relative numbers that have just come out. And NetApp was up 30% plus as well last quarter. Now, of course, he didn't say whether he meant terra, uh, you know, uh, petabytes or revenue. Uh, and so, footprint is obviously another measure here. And EMC very well may be trying to maintain footprint. We we don't know and won't know for you know a few months here, but. Um, any other thoughts on Tucci before we move on? Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, Paul Moritz. He talked about the private cloud, um, which is essentially uh, a capability, a software layer that encaps encapsulates an internal data center and an external data center, uh, internal cloud and external cloud, to enable the governing and common security and provisioning of applications based upon, you know, a customer's requirements, so essentially encapsulating those two entities, which EMC refers to as a private cloud. Um, thoughts on that? Um, I've, got, I've got a few thoughts on it. Again, this was a, a repeat of uh, an earlier presentation, uh, so the uh, uh, there were there were, I thought, not very much new in it. But uh, what was, uh, as you described, what, what was the vision, a very clear vision, was that VMware would become essentially an operating system, a thin layer on top of other operating systems, managing the overall security and access and allocation of resources within uh, a cloud, and a, uh, with a cloud having a lot of different uh, systems within it. And uh, on top of that, uh, the, uh, the, the vision of federated systems where you could have private clouds and, um, and public clouds or uh, more than one private cloud and, and having a layer which allowed communication um, between them uh, as well as securing resources within it. And uh, the vision, I think, that underlies this is the management of data and uh, being able to have this uh, stack, thin stack, uh, with other partners, particularly Cisco, uh, this uh, stack to allow that communication. And um, in the long term, uh, the vision being uh, that, uh, that companies will be able to uh, have applications which span departments within their organization and, and have applications which span uh, between organizations. And the, the, the business driver there is improving the uh, business processes and efficiency of companies by being able to communicate much more easily between these clouds. So it's a, a very lofty goal to put all of this in um, and, and a, a lot of uh, resources going into it, uh, to this goal. Um, and uh, if it pulls it off, it's going to be fantastic. But uh, like most uh, lofty goals, it's probably going to take uh, considerably longer than they, uh, that they were indicating at the moment. So Marich used this uh, metaphor of a software mainframe that was uh one thing that, that he's invoked now, you know, for the last couple of months, maybe even longer. Um, so, but I'm getting a sense, David, that this is more, or anybody else, this is more than just applying virtualization and modern management techniques to an internal data center. It's it's more than that, right? It's reaching out externally. 
Yeah, it's, it's reaching out to be a, the same operating system for, uh, for people providing clouds anywhere. Um, so he, they mentioned, I think they had 200 um, uh, uh, supp- uh, suppliers of services, service offerings uh, that were using VMware within their, uh, within their offerings. Actually, that, that number was 400, David. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doubled already. Can you guys just say it was 400 VMware suppliers that are what? Service providers have signed up for the for the vSphere no, to. Uh, that was the, the number I had. Again, uh, again, what what the exact definition of signed up yeah. for is? Uh, you know, there's, there's a big, big, big degree of uh, uh, potential uh, uh, involvement, but it, it, they are very much after that market as well, as well as the private cloud. Okay, uh, so we have about 15 or 20 topics, so let's press on. Let's talk about core storage. Uh, so uh, EMC's core storage business is, you know, the traditional business, the, the Symmetrics, the Clarion, the Solera, the Centera, the data protection business, you know, the, the dedupe stuff, Avamar falls in there. Of course, we're going to talk about dedupe, so we can hold off on some of those comments. But um, Thoughts on what you guys heard at the show regarding core storage? Well, my view is, uh, is that uh, they were just executing very well. Um, they've made the announcement on of uh, going over to Intel base on the symmetrics and moving away from ASICs. So they, 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 it's going to become a programmer's box as opposed to a hardware box, essentially. Um, so that, that's the, the direction, and, and they're executing on their fast strategy uh, for a tiered storage uh, on the symmetrics. Um, they've already introduced uh, Intel-based uh, uh, Clarions, um, and the, uh, the NAS boxes really have become uh, much smaller, much uh, cooler, and much more um, uh, and functionally uh, Good. They seem to be just executing very well on a um, on a hardware and software strategy. Um, so the, the 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 one weakness is that though they talk a lot about virtualization, um, the virt- there isn't a virtualization engine within the boxes themselves, and uh, that there could be some uh, constraints when they're competing against some of the faster-growing um, uh, virtualization people like 3PAR and uh, Compellent and, and others. Okay, anybody else? Other thoughts? Yeah, some of the performance numbers, at least some of the numbers that came up uh, as we were chatting, for example, on the Clarion, has got the number was now 300,000 installed, and they, you know, they're now using the Gen 2 flash drives, the 400-gig uh, drives, 8-gigabyte eight, eight fiber channels, so that, that one is... Uh, Morphing uh, very, very nicely. Uh, Centera is now up to about 11,000 systems uh, that, that's been shipped out there, so there's some progress there from the last number, at least I was aware of, uh, going forward. And, and Solera apparently um, was their fastest growing storage platform uh, last year, and that's where they've got fast, I know we've got that coming up, uh, fast implemented. So you know, to David's comment, uh, it looks as though they're ex- executing extremely well. Okay, let's talk about FAST. Uh, stands for Fully Automated Storage Tiering. Tiering. Yeah. Um, which is a, a, a kind of a key component of uh, EMC's certainly VMAX strategy, but perhaps other platforms, uh, to be able to cost effectively migrate data from more expensive tiers to less expensive tiers and really drive uh, storage efficiency. So, uh, Absolutely. One of the key developments that's uh, that's underway is uh, is pulling together some predictive tools to be able to illustrate uh, the potential benefits of fast. But one of one of the undercurrents that I, that I detected was some um, hesitancy or, or resistance, if I could use that word, um, at the customers. You know, they were a bit concerned about committing this level of control, this level of automation. Uh, to the device, so the, I, I sense some hesitancy, and I, I think Nick, you, you had a similar thought. Well, I mean, customers always are shy at first, and, and, and 
Um, so they say, well, just give me a recommendation, and then I'll say yes or no. And then about 10 times later, they go, okay, I trust it. Right. But my concern is more they talk as if it exists, yet we haven't seen anything tangible about it. It really seems to be more of a, a pipe dream that they've bet on. Now, that's not to say they're, they're not working diligently on it, but I'm not. it's not clear to me whether it goes in symmetrics, whether it's a layer of storage management software that goes on top and just says, okay, symmetrics, move this thing. Um, but we're st we still haven't really addressed the data classification issue. And this is going to be auto-classifying without much metadata about it, or the user is going to have to put in a heck of a lot of metadata. But, but I didn't have the advantage of uh, having a, any type of demonstration. Though they do have fast implemented in the Celera platform. Uh, that's been in there since February, if my memory serves me correctly. But as I say, I, I haven't seen any tangible, no, I haven't had a hands-on on that, so I can't talk specifically. Yeah, I'd forgotten but, but from a technical perspective, uh, fast on a file-based system is significantly easier um, yeah. than, than it is on a block-based system. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, sounds good, but show me the money. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree. Um, uh, it, there's a lot of ways that this could be implemented, and there aren't any, any uh, discussions about how they've implemented it and whether it's going to be uh, pieces of the volume that are going to move uh, backwards and forwards, or whether it's going to be that just the whole volume at um, you know at a nighttime batch. So there's there's very little detail about exactly how this is going to be implemented. Um, so it, it's it, it it's uh, it, it's very good um, that they're working on this. I think this, the the cost justification for this is good, but. Um, uh, I think we, we, we have to wait and see um, uh, what, what is actually going to be delivered and when. Do we know the timing of... Uh, yeah, the, the, the target is to have fast on all of the platforms by the end of the year. Yeah, but the only dates I've heard yeah. are Q4. Yeah. Not anything before. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the year. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so just to give listeners a, a sense of where we're going here. We've got like five or six more sort of overview items, and then we'll talk about what we saw in the exhibit. So the remaining agenda here, just so you know, and then we'll have plenty of time for interaction, is uh, the cloud and Atmos, uh, content management archiving, VMware, iOmega, dedupe and data reduction, customer loyalty, and then we'll talk about um, the exhibits, what we saw there, and then some customer comments that, uh, that we heard. Okay, so... Um, Let's talk about cloud and Atmos. Um, uh, Nick Allen, what what'd you see? What, what are your impressions? I'm perplexing is the only word I can come up with. Uh, one, we've got Tucci doing a keynote and not mentioning that they had just signed AT&T as an Atmos partner. Um, at the same time, he's also announcing Atmos Online, which is an EMC data center providing Atmos services on, on the public cloud. Um, none of which was available to see in in, in the exhibit area. And I actually did a bunch of research this morning trying to figure out who's partnering <clears throat> on Atmos, and I come up with nine of them, several of which were in the exhibit area. But if you go to their websites, with the exception of one, they don't mention Atmos at all. And when we talk to Oh, like Fabric TV, um, I'm reminded a little bit of the Centera rollout where they rolled out a platform, but they needed to have a lot of partners code to their proprietary APIs. Well, this is not a proprietary API, but it is a REST-only system. Um, REST is a, a protocol. It's actually a, a set of disciplines, but it's, it stands for represent, represent, Representational State Transfer. Um, those are the only APIs available for Atmos. I ask about some management APIs and things like quality of service, and then those things don't exist. So you've got partners that are having to code to this thing, but at this state, they they don't seem to have any customers. So, so those are the small guys. We've got eBay, which is apparently using it, and AT&T, which has announced it as a storage as a service. And then we've got Atmos Online, which is EMC's storage as a service. Go ahead. 
So I say, so I got you got eBay. I think Best Best Israel, I think, and then there's another e-discovery vendor that I. Well, there's a Tempo, Signiant, Fabric TV, Acuo, Emulex is. Yeah, Tempo. I don't, I don't think they're. I'm not sure what Emulex is doing. Life Image, Twin Strata, AT&T, and eBay. And Beth Israel, I haven't found any mention of. Emulex had a uh, a, ca uh, a cache device essentially using a, a spinning disk as a cache, uh, and then uploading stuff in the cloud. They were demonstrating something like that at uh, at EMC World. Yeah. But so, what's wrong with that strategy of, of you know building a developer base and and you know using leveraging partners to to get this going? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that strategy. Um, I just think they were too vocal on this early on and have now basically turned down the heat. Yeah, <clears throat> and and there's uh, obviously a lot of competition out there, I mean, even from their own partner in, in Cisco with uh, Cisco's um, server offering. There the focus is a lot more in integration of the network um, as opposed to integration within of storage. Um, and, and other partners as well, and people like Varari um, who uh, have got uh, very uh, cost-effective systems in this space. So mo moving into what is essentially a, a server-type environment um, is, is, is an interesting move for, for EMC if they're going to be serious about it. I think the decision they have to make is whether they're going to just offer this as software or whether they're going to have a hardware and software um, line on this. And, and I suspect that, that, that eventually they'll go towards software. I'm not sure I understand uh, the server comment. I mean, it's really, isn't it object storage to compete with the likes of guys like Parascale and, 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 and other sort of well, that, that's the software component of it, but the you know the hardware is essentially uh, a, um, uh, a a collection of processors and storage. It's a, it's a blade, uh, what, much what? more than it is much more than it is a um, just a storage device. Is it, are there any other traditional storage companies that that have a play here? Um, HP maybe. Uh, any H any H others that H are investing in HP this? closed its storage as a service. Yeah. Okay. So, so it seems to me at least EMC is on the curve making investments here. Now, maybe maybe it's going to take a while for those to pay off. But what's your take on that? I mean, they're they're as I say on the curve, and in my mind anyway, ahead of a lot of the other traditional guys. But is that still too far behind? I, I, I think uh, to to go into this uh, complete uh, system is uh, a, a big step. Um, for them, and they might well be better off uh, focusing on the software and focusing on the storage side of this rather than um, uh, than the hardware. But that's um, that's my view. Okay. I, I, I think it, uh, it's, a, it's a tough road to go and compete against Dell and IBM and HP and Ferrari and a whole number of other vendors in this space. That's just a just a a very tough road to to, to, to learn that expertise, um, and and uh, I, I think maybe there are more important things within that space that need to be focused on, like like networking and communication, rather than the storage part of it. But to answer your question more directly, David, about should EMC be investing in Atmos, and is it a good thing, and is doing cloud storage a good thing? It's clear to me there are. Some applications that are just ideal for for cloud storage, archiving, um, you know, being the most notable one. Uh, and I'm, I'm and I'm differentiating this from cloud computing, which of course has a cloud storage has a storage um, component, but just just pure cloud storage, which is what Atmos is. It's not clear to me that this is the right protocol to use today. There's no SIFs, there's no NFS. It's very you know. Just like Centera, eventually they they had to add a file system interface. Um, so, should EMC be investing in cloud storage? Yes. Is Atmos the right way to go? Not clear to me at all. This could be another Invista. Okay. Uh, 
they, they, they did have their platform on there, the, the Infiniflex, the 12,000, a.k.a. Hulk. Uh, that, was, that was sitting on the booth, and that, that was a, is apparently their, their hardware storage platform, now, now labeled the Atmos Storage Unit. I can't remember the exact name. But they, they are continuing to go forward with that piece of hardware. Okay, let's, uh, let's press on here in the interest of time. Uh, content management and archiving. Uh, let's see, Mark Lewis gave uh, one of the keynotes on the second day. Uh, lots of grand visions. Uh, you know, very typical CMA kind of talk, frankly. Um, you know, pretty strong story on the document workflow side. You know, pretty good ecosystem. Um, still sort of not quite there on the, you know, email archiving and information risks side, despite recent Source One announcements. So, you know, Gary McFadden, you weren't at EMC World, but what do you see in these days on, uh, on the Source One front? Maybe the Gary's not with us. Um, so, let's see. I, I guess. Just in talking to customers, a lot of frustration, not just with EMC, but across the board on taking a centralized archive approach to uh, information risk management. And I think EMC recognizes that things got to change and risk by its very nature is distributed. Um, haven't seen the products that address that yet, uh, but hearing a lot of talk about it, um, not sure the technologies are there yet, but maybe that's some, maybe that's an area where EMC needs to do some of its, uh, as Tucci calls them, tuck-ins, some M&A tuck-ins. He said they would use M&A as an opportunistic weapon. Um, so I, I guess sort of more of the same. A lot of vision, tough to get your hands around in terms of uh, what's a actionable today, particularly in the information risk side, the email archiving and, and e-discovery space that's really different from what a lot of the other vendors are doing. Um, let's let's keep going here. VMware. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on uh, on that? Want to kick that that off? Well, yeah. This follows on the MC World followed on last month's um, big announcement of vSphere by VMware, and there was a huge storage content in vSphere, which they call vStorage. Everything's got a V on it, of course. Um, you know, just to highlight one of the big ones, and that is um, a version of PowerPath SE, which is basically designed to, uh, one, work very well with, with the new vSphere um, APIs, and uh, is priced in such a fashion that they hope to expand the market in, for PowerPath in, in the virtual in, environment. Um, Let's see what else is going on in vSphere. Um, yeah, a lot of them were, were inc inc incremental changes, but you know, if you if you listed them, there's about 20 things that they did in storage with respect to VM. Uh, no, no one of them knocks you over, but each one has goodness to it. Okay. The, hey, uh, the, the interesting thing. Good. The interesting thing to me is just the the overlap um, between the functionality potential within VMware uh, and uh, within the arrays themselves. And um, from, from one perspective, that's, uh, if you like, competition between uh, the array software and uh, VMware software. Another such perspective, storage, uh, it's storage uh, covering a, a broader marketplace. Such as storage vMotion? Right, for example, yes, yeah. So what's the message here? I mean, EMC sounds like it's doing a very good job executing on, on storage for VMware. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, one, VMware is doing a good job of executing, and two, EMC is doing a good job of storage. As a, as a client to VMware, I mean, it's, it's in, dis, in discussions with various um, EMCers at the conference, it's real clear EMC has to operate as a separate company from VMware, and VMware is not to, not supposed to play any favorites. But it really kind of it, there's so many opportunities for synergy there, and it's it's kind of all kind of throttled back. It kind of happens at VMware's pace as opposed to EMC's pace. 
so David David's kind of right. It's like, well, got some overlapping functionality. We got to play by the rules. We got to have all these open APIs, and, and okay, if we do have this overlap, then we have the overlap, and that's the rules of the game. I.e., who 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 controls the storage value is. <laughs> We'll see. Exactly. <laughs> and, and at the moment, I don't think the overlap is huge because VMware is very strong in, in the, the development uh, and testing areas and, and the uh, tier, tier three applications um, where, where large-scale you know, high-function arrays are not so um, prevalent. So the, the overlap is not severe at the moment, but obviously where VMware wants to go, the overlap will become greater over time. And then there's been this fanatical focus on I.O. performance in a virtualized environment. And, and that was clearly you know, one theme, I think, that mm. has been said in the last couple of months and, and certainly emphasized at EMC World, and that is that the entire world is going virtual, the virtual network, a virtual server, and, and, and virtual storage. And that's what this cloud mainframe software is, is, is supposed to manage. But as a proof of con proof of concept, I guess they've been saying, well, we were criticized because we couldn't do enough IOs, so we can do a lot of IOs. But it turns out that the most IOs they did, they basically bypassed the hypervisor, um, and therefore we lose vMotion. Um, and I found it kind of interesting also that they had to run three of their biggest CX boxes against whatever server they were using to get this 300,000 IOs. And so you know, there's been a big, a big focus on, the, on this performance and demonstrating that, yes, in fact, the whole world can be virtualized because we don't have an IO bottleneck anymore. And maybe they proved it, maybe they haven't. It's not not clear to me because they really haven't yeah, documented their, their benchmarks on and those kinds of things. Dennis, you have any more visibility on that? Uh, I don't have any specifically on EMC, but just in general, when I test stuff in my lab here uh, in a virtual environment, you know, storage is slower. Not that the storage device is slower, but getting out to it is slower because you're going through a hypervisor. Uh, you know, you just can't match the speed of just running on physicals. But the question is, you know, what's the gain in manageability and, and convenience versus the the little bit of a penalty you're going to take in your storage performance? Okay, um, let's let's move on. I just wanted to mention somebody just tweeted that uh, Atmos actually has SIFs and NFS interfaces shipping with it today. I don't know if you guys knew that, or maybe there's a clarification that you wanted to make, but. Evidently, they are there as an option. Um, yeah, I kind of remembered that from a long time ago. But boy, if you search it today, you don't, you, it, it's hard to find. Okay, great. All right, um, let's see. We met with uh, some folks from iOmega. Bill, you want to comment on that? Yeah, one of the notable impressions I, I walked away with was the fact that they were very bullish about uh, the advantages of being underneath the EMC umbrella. Uh, particularly as he was talking about the buying power uh, of, of, of the drives. And he, as, as he looked at his uh, performance uh, in terms of market share, you know, they're number two behind Western Digital in Europe and number three behind the, in the U.S. behind Western Digital and Seagate. So, they, they're, again, they're feeling very bullish about the, the potential for iOmega going forward. Uh, with, uh, within, can sorry? you give us those again? It was num number two... The number two behind Western Digital in Europe, uh, and they're, they're doing about 70% of their business internationally as well. That's another interesting number. And that was for DAS, right? Uh, DAS and multimedia applications. The, 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 well, sorry, the, the, their strength going forward, the opportunity is in the network storage uh, application and in the, the multimedia application. And DAS, of course, is, is, is a third uh, piece of, of, of the uh, their application, should you say, for the for the uh, iOmega box. Okay. So, all right, good. I mean, it's, we're talking about completely different business here: consumers, SMB channels, uh, helps EMC's buying power with disk drives. Um, yeah. You know, and they're, 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 and they're also enjoying you no, know, but double-digit unit growth at this point in time. Not not quite so good in terms of the revenue growth, but the. But they, they are positive on the revenue growth. There's double-digit unit growth, so they are going after market share, and they're, they're certainly attacking the market aggressively. 
Okay, let's talk about uh, data deduplication. There was a customer panel that we attended um, on day one in the morning. It was, yeah. uh, let's see, four customers were supposed to be there, Nationwide, Republic Bank, SS&C Technologies, and the state of Illinois. I think only three were there. It was a very good session. A lot of discussion about data reduction, um, data protection, replication, et cetera. Uh, Avamar is doing very well. I think EMC announced in Q4 that it was now the leader in data deduplication because it surpassed data domain. Uh, I think that, you know, adding up Avamar and other technologies that EMC has. Of course, um, NetApp just acquired data domain, so that lead, we'll see. Um, if the combination of NetApp and data domain is, catapults them back to number one, you would think it would. But uh, thoughts on, on data deduplication, things you heard at the show? Well, it was interesting, one of Tucci's comments earlier on uh, in, in his introductory speech, he was, he was saying that data deduplication now, is a technology that makes disk-to-disk -disk, uh, backup affordable. So you can, you can see that uh, data dupe is very much in the frontal lobes of the, of the, of the planning folks there. Uh, I went to a couple of the presentations, and one was very interesting. There was about 50 customers sitting inside uh, in, in, the, in the presentation, and the, the question was asked, um, no, how many are, are meeting the backup windows? And zero folks put up their hands, so there was an issue. Second question was, how many people have a bandwidth problem? Zero hands went up, so they didn't recognize it. So the message I got out of that, that there is still a little bit of a misunderstanding on the power or the value of data dedupe. It's not only a capacity um, enhancing, uh, should I say, or, or capacity reduction uh, type technique, but it also helps you with your, your bandwidth issues, i.e. Your, your, your backup window. So it was, it was an interesting uh, message I pulled out of that session. By the way, Nationwide quoted, uh, they dropped their backup window from 48 hours to 8 hours. So that, that, that was quite a savings, and they attributed that to the Avimore implementation. By the way, dedupe is a no-cost feature now on Celera, and that again raises the question in my head, are we beginning to see a commoditization of this particular feature? And if that is true, then uh, Data Domain did an excellent move in getting out of their one-horse uh, type of product line. Well, that's what it's sort of EMC and others' mantras, dedupe is a, is, a, is, a, is a feature. And I guess, yep. you know, Steve Keniston gave a presentation in one of the breakouts where uh, he described EMC's strategy with regard to, I guess I'd call it data reduction. The idea being that um, you can apply, let's say, extract intellectual property from, let's say, Avamar or other data reduction technologies and apply it where it makes most sense, be it in compression or, or, or source-based dedupe or target-based dedupe or single instancing. And the idea being that you can move data around the infrastructure without having to rehydrate. Now, that's a vision. I think they're shipping it today on, on Solera, as you point out, Bill. Yep. Um, but that's a very powerful vision. Now, you would think a difficult one for a point product company to compete with, like data domain. So maybe they're Absolutely. perfect. And another, another example would be a proof point is a data dedupe for network was announced at the beginning of EMC world. And, and that, that is a, a spin-off of the um, Avamar IP. Right. Okay. Um, last thing before we get into the exhibits. Actually, after this, I would like to open it up to the audience, see if there's any specific questions on what they just heard, and then we'll do rapid fire on the exhibits. Um, uh, customer loyalty. EMC has a program called uh, TCE, Total Customer Experience. And we've heard now from this gentleman, Jim Bampos, who took us through in, in more detail than we'd ever heard, sort of behind the curtains. Some of that was NDA, so we can't talk about it too much. But just overall impressions of, of EMC's customer loyalty. Is it just a, 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 a marketing uh, uh, gimmick, or is, it, or is it for real, in your guys' opinion? Well, it, it, uh, we had first heard about the TCE program, uh, was it two years ago? And it was for a, a, a few of the lines, and they hadn't yet. IBM hadn't yet linked it back as part of the feedback on onto the performance. They were they were looking at this 
as a way of uh, understanding from the customer what their priorities were and understanding where they were meeting those those priorities and where they weren't. You said, they uh, you said I, I, IBM, you meant EMC, right? Did I say IBM? I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean, I certainly didn't mean to say EMC. And, and I was, I personally was very impressed with that program two years ago. Um, uh, at, at the uh, conference, they went into more detail, and they had expanded it to pretty well every line, and they had totally integrated it into uh, the the feedback system from the customers and into the objectives of each of the lines of business, and. Um, uh, this, to me, was the very best integration of quality uh, customer loyalty uh, programs back into the business itself so that uh, uh, they can use it to monitor their performance and, and, and monitor their uh, progress. I, I was very, very impressed with it myself, and uh, uh, I, I haven't seen anything of that quality from, from any company um, the, the, the strong integration of of, uh, of loyalty and and um, uh, and uh, quality. I thought it was a very very impressive set of uh, of um, uh, management tools that they put together. A, a very good um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, software so they could drill down. Um, into what the high-level feedbacks were and, and what the much more detailed feedback was, um, being able to extract data from any product or any any part of the organization. I thought it was uh, a, a very, very effective uh, uh, management uh, system. Yeah, you get the impression that EMC takes this seriously. He's putting a big investment in, in this, and, uh, and, uh, and, and customers have a... A, a voice that is other than just the sales teams. Um, okay, so let me stop there and open it up to the audience. Uh, if anybody has any questions, normally, as you guys know, these things are more interactive with the audience, but, of course, we were there. So any specific questions you guys have on, on anything we didn't cover? Anybody? Just chime in, if you like. Um, well, I'm a late arrival. Unfortunately, I didn't get in and uh, join the conference until about uh, uh, just as you were wrapping up the um, aspects of dedupe. I'm, I'm Dave, and was curious about uh, a perception that where where EMC might stand from a technical standpoint relative to some of the others. There have been a lot of new entrants into uh, the dedupe space. And um, one of the one of the major issues appears to be scalability, um, and uh, I at least as far as I can tell, EMC has not cracked the code on that one. And I was wondering if that subject came up of dedupe scalability, and if so, uh, uh, what the um, the sense of the meeting was with that. Hey, what about that? Did did anybody who sat in any of the dedupe sessions get any sense of that, or talk to customers about that? I mean, obviously, EMC's you know, thoroughbred in that space is Avamar, but uh, they've got quantum technology that they utilize and other technologies that they've they've developed or bought in. Any thoughts, you guys? I I did not pick up on any. There wasn't any specific comments or the discussion regarding scalability that I but, uh, that is jumping into mind at those sessions. But our architecturally, uh, David Floyer, you've studied this a little bit. What anything there that? Yes, uh, the, you know the, the the there are a number of different architectures, and the, and, and their their method is being to put it uh, the pieces of this deduplication or, or data reduction into into different areas. Um, if you compare any of their solutions with what is the probably the uh, the fastest um, uh, fastest technology, that would be um, the technology that IBM bought um, from um, diligent. Oh, uh, diligent, yes. I think that's the fastest technology from a, a pure scalability, inline scalability, uh, with data domain a little way behind them. 
um, and uh, all, all the other all the other technologies uh, do have uh, constraints in total uh, bandwidth uh, to them. But uh, I think EMC would argue that uh, putting it in the right place and getting it to work as part of a, of a process is probably more important in the long run than, than just the pure uh, fastest technology on the block um, in terms of uh, as engine speeds uh, increase and as, um, as, as algorithms improve. Um, then, then it's the integration of, uh, of this stuff uh, that becomes key and, and putting it in the right place. So I, I, I think you're right that others can point at some of the deficiencies uh, in terms of raw speed, but I think in the long run myself that, I, that EMC are actually on the right path. Other, if I could be allowed one follow-up question. Sure, of course. And, and that is, um, as we all know, there's been a tremendous amount of ink on cloud computing um, and cloud storage. EMC has also announced their own uh, uh, implementation uh, looks uh, like part of it's designed to compete with at least Amazon's uh, uh, cloud storage, not their computing component. And I'm wondering if, if the topic of dedupe within the cloud has come up as well, because that would seem to offer uh, enormous um, uh, cost advantages. Deduping at the source, i.e. the client? Well, it could be implemented in a variety of ways. One could have some client-side dedupe as, uh, as implemented in the Avamar model, or the whole thing could be deduped within the cloud. And um, I, again, I was just wondering if, if there were discussions within the context of um, cloud-based storage uh, with respect to some level of deduplication, if that topic had surfaced in the meeting. Well, no, well, I don't. I don't think it did. did well, I, I I did ask the question. You know, what about that service? Is it designed to compete with Amazon, or is it a, you know, a, a sandbox for uh, <coughs> developers? You know, for the for yeah. the partners. And I got the answer was the latter, but I honestly don't know if that's the official answer. And then the second point I would make is that, you know, Avamar started out as a remote office solution, and right. then. For you know, a year or two, the main emphasis of Avamar was selling, I'll call it OEM, into service providers, managed service providers, you know, like IBM or Dell and others, uh, using you know dedupe specifically for you know backup online backup applications. Uh, I I don't know if Mosey dedupes. I presume it does in some way, shape, or form. So I think it's a an, an obvious use case for this, and and one that I just didn't pick up much at, at the event. Okay. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, other other questions, and then we have to move to the uh, exhibit rapid fire. Other thoughts that people have, or comments, or questions? Any commentary on the storage business, or sorry, this uh, security business? You know, um, there were, and and I think this just it just so happened that we we missed them all. We were just in different places. At least. I didn't. I didn't pick up anything in in particular, uh, other than you know some some plans that were coming that weren't announced at this show. But any, anybody else hear anything? I, I, I sat through one one of the RSA presentations, and uh, that they um, uh, they are in integrating obviously a lot of their technology within within the hardware. Uh, so there's, there's some, some integration going on there. Uh, one of the areas that actually impressed me most was the, um, uh, the, the whole area of uh, helping in, the, um, uh, in, 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 in fraud um, with, uh, with being able to detect uh, fraud quicker and being able to identify where they are. So I, I thought there were some interesting areas there that they had uh, were doing some very good work on. And I, and I did have a back-channel discussion in preparation for this meeting because I felt like we were just missing the RSA piece. But what I was it was indicated to me is that there's some discussion coming around uh, security 
in the virtualized and private cloud spaces, which is obviously important. And the expectation right. is that RSA would be a lot more vocal on this subject soon. You know, they probably wanted to have it for this event but didn't. Uh, but the idea being that virtualization is going to enable better and more granular security closer to the to the data and the infrastructure objects, i.e. hardware and software that, that touch the data. So the idea being because of virtualization, the perimeter, you know, becomes harder to find. So you got to think differently about security, and that seems to be a direction that RSA has been talking about for a while. So. Um, okay, let's see. In the last couple of minutes here, I, what I want to do is just go rapid fire in terms of the exhibits that we saw. Uh, I'll tell you the companies we're going to talk about, and there were several more, but we only had so much time here. Exana, ZetaPoint, QLogic, Emulex, and Brocade, 710, Unisys, Sybase, and Virtual Instruments, and then we'll close with some customer comments. So, Exana, uh, David Floyer, what uh, would you see there? 30 seconds. Okay, on the there was the the first time I'd actually seen the box uh, inside it, it, uh, it, what it is is a black box, which means that you can um, do uh, zero data loss. In other words, that you store the, um, the data in flight on the box before it gets to a remote site, and you can extract it um, if, if there is a, a fire or explosion or whatever. Um, it was uh, it has now been integrated into uh, EMC's recover point, and uh, from the work that I've done on uh, the ROI, it appears that you can get the same uh, same um, uh, loss of uh, same RPO and RTO characteristics you can from three data center for a very very significantly reduced price. So I think this is going to help EMC with recover point and uh, is a is a great piece of technology to look at. Okay, Zeta Point or Zeta Point, Bill. Yeah, Zeta Point. Uh, Zeta Point is a company demonstrated uh, <coughs> data classification uh, with a usage-based uh, model, specifically focused on the the Oracle databases. Now, they show they position the product as a usage-based data classification to optimize EMC, EFD implementation. So they're really uh, focused up there as providing, uh, providing that tool. Um, the, the, the way that they differentiate the product is by, uh, the, the way that they classify the data, should I say, is, is by, by usage patterns, as well as by the value of the data. So they can differentiate which data should be moved up into the SSD tier and which data should be moved down. So it's one of these tools that's, really required to enable the, this effective uh, storage tiering that we've all been talking about. Uh, EMC is taking quite a bit of interest in the company, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how they evolve. Okay. Uh, QLogic, Emulex, uh, Brocade, maybe Cisco. Dennis, a lot of talk about uh, FCOE at the show, um, even though I know you had to leave early. But Dennis and uh, David, I know you were poking around the booths. Dennis, why don't you set it up, and David, maybe you can make some comments specifically on the exhibits. Sure. Uh, all, all of those companies, QLogic, Emulex, Brocade, are uh, delivering FCOE uh, components that you need, the uh, conversion network adapters, uh, obviously Cisco and now Brocade, and uh, at least one other company are doing uh, the switches that do FCOE. Uh, I'm testing a lot of that in my lab, uh, and I'll just mention also that all three of those companies have 8-gig fiber, which seems to be out there now. And the the only addition that QLogic had uh, the CNA um, there demonstrating that, and uh, uh, Emulex were also had the CNA, um, but that was uh, coming out in fourth quarter. Um, they had a, 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 a much bigger box, uh, a, a much bigger card, but their, their integrated CNA would be coming out in fourth quarter. Was a piece of information that I got. Okay. I, can, I can tell you all of the uh, QLogic, Emulex, and Brocade are all working in that space. Uh, QLogic is shipping their what they call second-gen CNA. Uh, Brocade has a fairly modern one now, and Emulex has announced one. Um, and I've got both first and second-gen in my lab here, and I'm playing with them. And IBM announced today, which represents, I think, the first Tier 1 server vendor to shipping uh, the QLogic uh, CNA. Um, so let's see. Next, 710. Bill, you know, 30 seconds on 710, please. Yep. Now, one of the challenges Sentera has been the cost of implementing a, a DR solution. Basically, it's a Sentera to, to, to Sentera type of solution. Uh, 710 has developed a rather neat uh, option 
uh, to resolve this uh, this shortcoming. The, the product they had they were on show there was is called Altus, and it really it, what Altus will do it will provide um, a, a secondary storage layer behind the Centera uh, as uh, for, for DR and archiving applications. So we're, we're going to see and expect to see an, an announcement between uh, you know 710 and the EMC a product announcement uh, sometime in the next uh, two to four. Two, about two, uh, next two months, I would suggest, uh, showing a little tighter um, relationship there. So, I enjoyed that because it solves one of the particular problems of the Centera. Okay, uh, Unisys. Let me take that. Uh, Unisys was demonstrating or talking about how it's integrating uh, its VMAX or its EMC's VMAX into a mainframe announcement that it made today. A new clear path that integrates uh, certain web services. Um, and so essentially it's, you know, more, better, faster, but m application modernization on the ClearPath platform and the integration of VMAX, so the first major OEM announcement, which is not surprising given that EMC, uh, EMC has for many, many years sold Symmetrics to, uh, to Unisys, but another Unisys mainframe announcement today. Uh, Sybase, David Floor. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this is, is like uh, ZetaPoint, uh, um, this is uh, aimed at um, uh, both Oracle and Sybase, and this is remote replication from within the database itself, so that you can completely uh, uh, replicate at a distance and recover from that uh, very quickly. And it's got uh, it, it looks very good from its technical specs. A very interesting announcement from them, and uh, seems to be significantly better than than Oracle's DataGuard, which is uh, their product in this space. So, um, I thought that was an interesting product for uh, as a, a DR alternative for uh, for Oracle. And then the last uh, company was Virtual Instruments. If you don't know about these guys, just definitely check them out. They uh, provide instrumentation, software, and services to probe uh, the FC SAN and increased, uh, increased consolidation ratios in VMware environments, uh, particularly as people are trying to push VMware. We talked about this before and the I.O. constraints. Moritz said that uh, there, the, the goal is that no VMware is a candidate for any application. Well, Virtual Instruments has a solution there in terms of increasing those consolidation ratios. Any, anything you'd add, Dennis, or others? Uh, just very cool stuff. If you have a, if you've got a fiber channel SAN and you don't know what's going on, you got to get their tool. <laughs> yeah, right. um, okay. Lastly, customer comments. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. I mean, I, I was pr probing around to find out if any any customers are actually going to implement the private cloud. Um, I, I couldn't say that I, I I found anyone that that was ready to do that. Having said that, I found a lot of IT professionals who were saying that they felt like it was a reasonable strategy and that IT should be the one that the lines of business go to to implement these types of capabilities. The question mark, of course, is will the line of business go to IT? Um, so sort of an interesting organizational point that we can maybe explore offline. Other thoughts from customers? And then we'll wrap. Um, I, I just, uh, in, in my discussions with them, I found them uh, loyal to EMC uh, in general. They, they like doing business with them. They uh, uh, like coming to these events uh, and uh, were what, just wanting to understand where EMC was going so that they could uh, implement things in the most effective way. Um, this was true for hardware. And it was true also for software. As, uh, Open University are, are a documentum customer and they were uh, just focused on wanting to know the best ways of doing things with the software that they've got and uh, very focused on implementation and, and practicality. Anybody else? Yes, Dave, I just want to clarify my comments on Atmos. The, the protocol stuff was about Atmos Online, which seem, doesn't seem to have the SIFs or any of the management interfaces. Ah, okay, got it. Okay, any final thoughts on customers? We've got uh, less than a minute left here. Okay, so bottom line for EMC World, very worthwhile uh, event for practitioners, uh, especially to meet with other practitioners because that's mostly who's there. A uh, lot of good partnerships, good chance to interact with some of the EMC executives. Uh, despite the poor economy, attendance was, was quite good. 
and was a wealth of information. So I guess what I, first of all, let me thank those folks who contributed today, uh, Bill Mottram, David Floyer, Nick Allen, Dennis Martin, and Dave, thank you for your questions. Uh, as a reminder, within 24 hours, we'll have up on Wikibon six research notes pertaining to the call today with user actions in a variety of areas. So we'll summarize this call as well. We'll talk about the implications on IT, on the organization, on technology integration, on asset management, and on the industry at large. So please look for that. Feel free to hit the Edit tab and improve the pieces. Uh, we'll also pr be producing a podcast of this call that we'll be sending out as well. Uh, lastly, please join us on June 11th, which is a Thursday, sort of a special Peer Insight Day. We usually do these things on, on Tuesdays, uh, where Burzen Engineer of Shopzilla uh, will share with the Wikibon community his experiences applying data compression and data reduction to achieve a 65% improvement in storage efficiency. So that's June 11th at 12 noon Eastern Time. Look for the announcement on that. Uh, Burzen Engineer of Shopzilla, which should be really interesting. Um, okay, well, thanks for listening today, everybody, and uh, thanks for being a Wikibon member. Bye for now.